0: FM
2: Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside,
0: and one hundred five oh AM Palm
1: Springs. Welcome back to the House of Mystery. Now, today we are discussing coincidence and synchronicity. And joining us for this uh, discussion is Dr. Bernard Beitman. Now, he's the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systemize the study of coincidences. His book is called Connecting with Coincidence and website Coincider.com. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, thanks for having me.
1: So um, I first noticed now you've got the book called Connecting with Coincidence. Um, what led you to, to write about that and what, what brought you into a coincidence as it is?
3: I, I've been um, sensitive to coincidences all my life. Uh, I didn't have names for them until I I ran into Jung uh, when I was in my late twenties. Uh, the first one um, that, that I remember um, involved my dog. Um, I just come home from school. I was eight or nine, uh, riding my bicycle home, and uh, got home and my dog Snapper wasn't there. Hey, hey Ma, where's Snapper? I said. Uh, And uh, she cleverly uh, said, uh, I thought cleverly years later, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, but go to the police station. Maybe they know where he is. So I, the dutiful son, got back on my bike and rode back past the elementary school and uh, over what I called the big road to the police station and put my bike uh, down at the bottom of the stairs and climbed up and Walked into this big room and a big desk and a big man standing behind the desk, sitting behind the desk, and I said, uh, have you seen my dog? And, uh, with very sad eyes, he said, no, I, your son, we have not, you know, we have not seen your dog, we don't know where he, where he is. I was heartbroken and, uh, started to cry and went down the stairs, got on my bike and because tears were filling my eyes, I went the wrong way. I took a right instead of a left. And uh, within 10 or 15 yards, I saw this uh, dog coming towards me, walking the way Snapper walks, and got closer to him, and there he was. And he jumped up on my leg and almost told me, like, uh, so where have you been? Uh, I was so glad to see him. Uh, I was so glad to see him. Years later, I I saw what he had to have done to go from our house to where we met. He made four turns, four turns at four intersections that led him to me. That's a doggy GPS, which people have been describing, that dogs know how to get places Uh, we don't know how they do it. and He must have done it. Uh, You can say it's all random. I don't think so. And that surprise and the wonder of being able to be reunited with him uh, was my first experience with coincidences, but I've had lots of them since then.
1: Right. When that happened with the dog back then, um, at your age, you weren't thinking of, it, thinking of it as coincidence, but were you?
3: No, I wasn't. I, I was thinking of it as happy, um, but it always stayed with me. I remembered it. It seemed like. A strange thing to have happened. So I put it in my mind as something to remember. Remember not only because we found each other, that was the main reason, but also because of the way we found each other. Uh, I, I, I was curious then and I'm curious now. So there was something even for a nine year old that didn't make sense in how, uh, in how, in conventional terms, how he and I found each other.
1: Wow so now that that led you to uh, studying this. How do you define what a coincidence is?
3: A coincidence is the intersection of two life events that is both surprising and hard to explain.
1: And so so what would the difference between just so we get it clear a coincidence? and a lot of people talk about synchronicity.
3: Yeah, that's a, it's an important distinction. Uh, the word coincidence, uh, sometimes it means uh, a mere coincidence, like it's no big deal. Like I walk outside and uh, and, and it starts to rain. Uh, well, I wasn't thinking about the rain and it happened. It really wasn't. It's a coincidence that I happened to walk into the rain. And that's, I'm not a meaningful coincidence. It's one that just happens. The ones I'm interested in in and the way the word coincidence is, I think, being reshaped is to become the kind of meaningful coincidence that the word synchronicity has also meant. I don't use the word synchronicity because I want to move away from the way the word synchronicity has been used. It's a great word. I love the word. It's just falling together in time uh sin being together and cron being in time and it's just a great word. Uh it used to mean for Jung um, at the same time, but then the word has gotten so stretched to mean so many different things that it's lost uh a lot of meaning in a kind of scientific sense. It's it's an umbrella term that gets used in all kinds of ways. And Jung was partly at fault for that, but I don't blame him, because he's the first to try to attempt to describe the phenomenon. Synchronicity for him was not only a bunch of meaningful coincidences, but for some Jungians, it was a coincidence, a meaningful coincidence that helped with individuation, helped with the person becoming more him or herself, kind of counseling or psychotherapy by coincidence. That's a a very rigid, circumscribed, but I think useful definition of synchronicity that Jungians now tend to use. But Jung meant something else. Um, In addition, uh, Jung meant uh, synchronicity with the name he used to to define an a-causal connecting principle. He used the word synchronicity as a parallel and differentiation from regular causation. He wanted synchronicity to mean cause that we don't understand. Now Jung had uh, an idea about cause and language uh, stumbled him up as it does other people Uh, and this might be a little um, complicated because uh, what Jung tried to say is that synchronicities involve the constellation of archetypes. Uh, That constellation is the best better translated into activated. So he thought that when you had synchronicities or meaningful coincidences that archetypes were activated and these activated archetypes came from what he referred to as the unus mundus or a place of one world where matter and mind are one and archetypes existed as pre-matter pre-mind um Ideas that shape matter and shape mind. So synchronicity was a very important part of Jung's theory of how the world worked. These co- these multiple definitions of synchronicity have made me want to use a, a more accessible term, and that's why I get to get to the word coincidences.
1: And would the meaning behind it uh, be different?
3: The time behind meaningful coincidences and synchronicity? Yeah. Uh, Well, with a lot of Alice in Wonderland words, it depends on who's saying it. Uh, When people use the word synchronicity, I don't know what they mean sometimes, but generally they're referring to almost the same thing I'm talking about, uh, meaningful coincidences. But it carries with it the term all these other ideas, which is why I've tried to pull it out, but I've pull, pull it out and put it in a place where I like to use the word synchronicity the way Jungians tend to now, which is a, a meaningful coincidence that helps with individuation. That's, that's my use of the word synchronicity and the Jungian use of the word synchronicity. But generally speaking, the word synchronicity has gotten to mean so many different things that I want to go back and say, okay, let's start over again and start with categorizing different kinds of coincidences. For example, uh, synchronicity, there's a very another, another very prominent word, uh, serendipity. Now, what do you mean by serendipity? What does that word mean to you, Al?
1: Something happening, like two people meet and they fall in love, Serendipitously you know it's um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to explain it um, yeah it's something that's um, I don't know by accident
3: yeah um, happy accidents is a nice uh, other way of saying it uh, the word originated with Horace Walpole in eighteen uh, a, a British writer and legislator in the 1800s and Walpole was a a guy who Said about himself that if he needed something, it would show up somehow. Uh, and he called it Walpul Uh He could find things that he needed, and he named the he, he used the word serendipity uh, from an old uh, tale of three princes who um, were from what was net, what was then called um, Serendip, which is now called uh, Sri Lanka, and in between is called Ceylon. And these three princes had many adventures. And as these the term got uh, evolved, serendipity uh, has come to mean needing something and finding it in in a surprising way. But also because of the three princes, it's looking for something and finding something else. And that's just as valuable or more. One of the more fun examples is that um, researchers in pharmacology were looking for a new Blood pressure, uh, pill. And they, they found one that was not a bad blood pressure, but uh, they found the men were quite happy because they got erections and uh, ease more easily. And this was the beginning of Viagra. That was a happy accident. Uh, so pharmacology research is filled with happy accident serendipity. So that's not the same as synchronicity. There's something different about synchronicity and serendipity. Serendipity is more action-oriented, and and synchronicity is more psychological. And in our research, we do find this distinction between uh, behavioral things and between psychological or interpersonal things. So serendipity deserves a place in discussion of, of categories, at least the initial discussion of categories of coincidences. What I'm trying to do, Alice, is um, develop a taxonomy of, of coincidences. Kind of like the old botanists were trying to put plants in different categories. I'm trying to put coincidences in various different categories. And starting with synchronicity and serendipity uh, is where I, I'm beginning.
1: And so I, quite often I hear um, from people that have had coincidences, or they might call it synchronicity, Um, that it was caused by, you know, some bigger power or some god, or it was meant to be. It was planned by um, whatever their belief system is.
3: Oh, that's... Now you're talking about another aspect of coincidences. Um, uh, There are four aspects uh, of meaning and coincidences. The two major ones are how do you use them, uh, which we'll get to, And how do you explain them, which is what you're now paying attention to. And the common explanations are God, the universe, mystery, on the one end of the continuum. On the other end, it's, oh, it's just probability, it's just random. Uh, I'm uh, dissatisfied with both explanations, Uh, partly because I'm a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist. And so I try to find individual responsibility for some coincidences. But we we do create some of them, and some of them we, we create subconsciously. And I try to be able to, in my categories, define the ones that I'm pretty sure I can say you had something to do with, that we can't say it's probability and we can't say it's God. It's something in you that has made this happen. and it's fun to be able to try to ask a lot of questions and find where the person may have contributed to the coincidence. Uh,
1: well, so if we're creating it, how how do we know at what point that we've created this coincidence in our own back of our mind and um, one that's been created for us?
3: Uh, yeah, created for us. Well, let's start with that. Um, I often have the feeling that um, there's something else running, running me around. And uh, I, I, when I see coincidences and I have enough of them that I can't tell anybody about them and I don't write about them because I just talk too much about them, as many people do. There's a lot of people who see lots of them. And some of them are quite funny. And some of them look like they're little tricks Somebody is playing on me that I don't think I had much to do with, because it just it just happens uh, somehow. Now, I believe that you can do some analysis, and while it seems like it's a sign from someplace else that somebody else is doing it for you, if you talk with somebody about it and try to analyze, I think you can sometimes find that you have more to do with it than you think. And I'll give you. This, a simple example of that. Um, some guy uh, came home from work. He was tired. He had a meeting to go to that evening. Um, it had something to do with the uh, teachers and parents. And uh, he was on a committee. And he kind of didn't want to go. He was pretty tired. But he he was a good guy and said he would go. So he got back in his car after dinner. And uh, guess what? His car was out of gas. And so he took that as a sign and he didn't uh, need to go to the meeting. You see what's wrong with that?
1: So he sort of done it to himself.
3: Exactly.
1: But but he wasn't really aware of that. No. He wouldn't classify that himself as a coincidence.
3: Yeah, he, he would say, I didn't want to go, and here is a sign that I don't have to go a coincidence matching what he had in his mind with an event in the world around it. And that's a common form of coincidence a match between what you're thinking and an event in the world around you.
1: Right, so it's our way of making it, uh, it kind of reinforce what we were thinking inside. You know, he didn't want to go, so um, by him not doing that it's a, and him not having gas, it's a sign not to go. Uh, It's coincidence, and it's kind of reinforcing his not wanting to go.
3: And he did it himself. That's right. Yeah. He reinforced reinforced it himself. Wow. Did
1: you find quite a few other coincidences that way?
3: Yeah, there's a lot more than you think. That's that's about the simplest one I've been able to find. But there are others that are a little more complicated. Uh, I can mention this to you, a guy named Arthur Kessler. Uh, so he was very interested in things like coincidences and telepathy, um, and has an institute in England uh, named after him because he that, that looks at parapsychological things. Uh, back in the '40s, um, as the story goes, um, he was doing one kind of job. Um, I forget what it was. I think he was a journalist, um, and one night he he lost. Um, a lot of money in a poker game. Um, he went out to his car, and the car uh, was frozen. Or the, block, the block of the car was frozen. It was so cold outside, he hadn't put it in a warm enough place. And he ended up in bed with a woman that he didn't like. Now, these three things he took as a sign that he needed to change his life, and he did. He, he did something else as a result. It was such a shock to him. But each one of these three things, he played a very large part in making it happen. But he pretended as if, or thought it as if, it was a message from other, from some other force, kind of trying to direct him.
1: Yeah, back to the um, the, the force of being some sort of god or something that's telling. Yeah, you.
3: I think that I think there are situations out where you can't explain the coincidence by you did it. All I'm trying to do is say there are more of these that we participate in than we think about. So we need some critical thinking in figuring out how much we have to do with some of these coincidences and how much we can't explain. and appears to be something beyond us.
1: How how can we determine that? Like, how can we... uh albeit ourself, right? Because when, for instance, the the kind of the examples you're bringing up, the, those people are really um, lost in the idea of of change and uh, not that they're creating the coincidence themselves.
3: Well, the point, I, I love your phrase, lost uh, in change. Uh, that's an important uh, ingredient in increasing the likelihood of coincidence, of uh, being... Uh, lost in change, being in transition, increases the likelihood of coincidences. And that's probably because uh, a regular reality, the way in which that we run our lives is uh, no longer so structured, and it allows more, let me say, random or odd things to come in. And the group that we just, the kind of stories that we just did illustrate one form of coincidence, which I think we can say these guys did it, but they don't, wanna, they don't want to want uh, to acknowledge it. On the other hand, there are a bunch of coincidences that look like people are being guided, but I am saying that for another group, for this group that I'm going to try to describe, uh, it, the coincidences illustrate an innate capacity that... Most of us have, but don't really recognize that we do.
1: So so you're recognizing it as a um, kind of something we have within us that we're not um, paying attention to?
3: That we don't even know that we have don't. to pay attention to
1: it. Okay, so we're not even really aware of it. Um, yeah. So that ties in things like when you get... Um, when you're thinking of someone and you get a phone call from them
3: right are you in
1: go ahead no, i was going to say or you run into them somewhere or someone you haven't seen in years you know the old thought of um and all of a sudden uh you run into them on a street in a city that neither one of you should be in you're visiting or whatever yes
3: yes they're thinking of someone and they surprisingly call is one of the most common coincidences that are, uh, that people filling out our word coincidence survey are suggested were very common. Uh, another, uh, another very common one is thinking of an idea and hearing it or, uh, hearing it on the radio or seeing it on the internet or TV. And these are, these get into the realm of, um,
2: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
3: How do we explain them? Uh, and they're not so, some of them are not so easy to explain. Statisticians want to say it's all probability, and uh, that's another that's another story. But the probability idea doesn't really explain how certain coincidences. Happen. It just talks about the, their likelihood, and which is an important part of understanding how coincidences work.
1: So, so, and also when we're um, on the same level, uh, some people tie it to uh, something they see regularly. All of a sudden, uh, they start associating things every time they see the number three or something, or a certain time, and uh, it. it Almost becomes superstitious in a way.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's an important one. I, I, our research um, was not able to come up with any consistency in the kinds of numbers that people pick as uh, as a key number. The numbers people pick to have to be important to them are all over the place. You hear a lot about twenty three, eleven, or one hundred and eleven, uh, for example, or thirty two. Uh, 23 was a number that stayed with me for a while. I think these numbers do sometimes happen with people. Uh, they do connect and mean something to people. But I have not been able to study that particular kind of uh, coincidence uh, finding that uh, in, in a way that is satisfactory to me. So I know people think about it. Uh, it's a good thing to bring up. But I don't know what to do with numbers following um, me all the time or regularly it ends up for some people and it did for me as kind of confirming that I'm on the right path and sometimes we need those external uh, reminders that uh, perhaps we're doing the right thing
1: could it also be something that we we just sort of um, recognized with an event a coincidence that happened and then we start to look for it. We start to become aware of it. It's always been there, you know, like a certain song or something that all of a sudden has come up. And
3: oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of
1: going. I'm kind of tying that as in like a a song or a number or a time that happens at the same when the coincidence we realize it's happened, and then now we're aware of that number or time or song and so now every time it comes around our life we go right back to that original coincidence and then we start tying it in could it just be that
3: well the word just in your sentence is important um is are we making it up or is it out there (laughs) that's what that's what the question you just brought up suggests um people read my book and then see a lot more coincidences. Are those coincidences there and they hadn't noticed them before, or are they now making them up? That's a question about the relationship between subjectivity and objectivity, between my mind and the events around us. One of the implications of coincidence studies is that our minds are not as separate from our environments than we as, as we think they are. We are not isolated from what's around us. It's pretty clear with the Internet that we are tied into other minds more and more and more, emailing, texting, um, our, all the websites and thoughts and music and floating around out there in the uh, Internet sphere. Uh, make our minds much more um, connected uh, than they have ever been in the past. Although, I'm pretty sure that there are groups of people uh, who we might call um, uh, aborigines or indigenous people who've had group minds uh, before anything like the Internet came around. And I think there are subgroups of people even here uh, in the Western world and probably in the Eastern world who have minds that uh, share thoughts with each other so that what goes on around us and what is going on in our minds is not as separate as western materialistic scientific ways of thinking have led us to believe.
1: So in in essence we've really created um, everything around us from our mind.
3: Well, that's, a, that's further uh, away than I'm able to go now, but there's a lot to the idea that Al creates his own environment, his own reality. You've heard that. Um, I've heard that. It, how we do that is what I'm interested in, and the limits of that, because I think there's something out there that's separate from us. <laughs> there is reality out there, um, and there are people who think just, What you said is that uh, minds create uh, reality. And I have colleagues who are more in that direction than I am, uh, that the universe could not come into existence until it was observed. And this is an idea from quantum physics, that things don't exist, they're all in potential, until a, a measurement is made. It's called collapsing the wave function by collapsing the wave function, by um, by observing you collapse the wave function, you make uh, a, a wave into a particle. You make a, a photon that looks like a wave now and then measure it and it becomes a particle. It becomes something more solid. I'm, I'm still uh, a respecter of external reality because I know that I can smash my car into somebody else's car if I'm not careful. It's still a, a reality, but I... I also think that interpersonally and somehow in more subtle material, physical world things, uh, I help make things happen in ways I don't quite yet understand but want to be able to understand. And I think a lot of other people do, and there's a lot of stories like that what people do. Uh, One example that uh, I'd like to be able to mention is this human GPS capacity. Just like my dog could get someplace to meet me, uh, people, you mentioned finding romance, people can find their ways to pe- places and other people and things and ideas that they need to get to without knowing how they got there. Human GPS is what I call it. Uh, one, one example um, of many is a study participant of ours who um, when she was a teenager went out to the woods a place she'd never been with her father's gun and was sitting there in the car contemplating blowing her brains out and as she was thinking about it her brother drove up in another car and got out and went over to her and she said what are you doing here and he said I don't know something made me come here and he'd never been there before
1: and therefore, by him going to a place that he's never been to before, showing up, saving her life—it's uh, a series of coincidences.
3: This is the beginning of uh, coincidence studies. We try to be able to help people find ways to know how much is me and how much is something I can't explain. We we don't have um, we we haven't gone into enough coincidences and categorized them well enough to be able to to say how much is me, but the story I was telling you about the brother and the sister, there are many stories of people getting to places somehow that they'd never been to make something happen that they needed to have happen. And that's what I'm calling our human geospatial positioning system capacity, that we can know how to get someplace without knowing how we got there. And there's too many stories now, with my dog being one example, where that seems to happen. So I'm hypothesizing a human GPS, for which, incidentally, there's some interesting uh, research uh, uh, to support it. Uh, it, The name uh, is called PMIR, Psi-Mediated Instrumental Responses, which is a complicated term meaning that using uh, psi, PSI, kind of telepathy ideas, PSI-mediated, using PSI, instrumental, to make instrumental referring to behaviors and response. So using PSI to get you someplace without knowing how you got there.
1: So now you're you're putting together um, these weird coincidences. You have a survey on your website. Um, so yes. So you, you want everybody to just sort of um, go on and, and send in um, uh, whatever weird coincidence they've had?
3: Yeah, there's a place on the website to uh, write up their coincidences as well as uh, to, to get a score for their coincidence sensitivity.
1: Well, and, and what would the score represent? Uh,
3: some people are uh, ultra-sensitive to coincidences. They see a lot of them. And some people don't see many at all. And so this would be... Uh, a partial measure of just how uh, sensitive they are
1: and so do, do you think there's a reason to the uh, what's your thought on that the reason of why some people are more sensitive and they have a lot more uh, coincidences that they're they're realizing is it just they're they're being more aware
3: uh, well we tried to answer that question with uh, uh, with numbers uh, and questionnaires uh, uh, first if you're um, if you're spiritual, or you, if you think you're relatively spiritual, those are people who think of themselves as regu- as as quite spiritual, are more likely to see or report more coincidences. Could you see why that might be, Al?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You the start,
3: famous, it, yeah. Go ahead. Why, why, gonna, why do you think that works? Well, because start you Well, you're
1: starting to. If the more spiritual you are, the more religious, for instance, you will have a thought of divine intervention. That that, that it's it's leading everything. It's resp- the, it's responsible for all of it. There's no coincidence. So um, I think the more spiritual you are, the less of a coincidence you think, or less you'll have and in your mind you're probably not going to think of it as that?
3: Yeah, you're, you're, you'll tend to think the universe did it because you're expecting the universe to do it, or God, right. or some deity. That's right. So you're more open to the idea of divine intervention. I, I think that, that's right. It turns out for us that people who said they were more spiritual had more coincidence reports than those people who said they were more religious. Now, the religious people didn't have it in any end, one of the funny things, I want to see what you think about this, The, the religious people had a lot of kind of serendipity coincidences where, where things worked out for them, typically in work and the school, uh, but they weren't very high in that kind of synchronicity scale, uh, which were interpersonal and psychological, while with spiritual people were high on both. What, why do you think that would be?
1: I would think that uh, for them, serendipity is something that's uh, oh, I don't know. I say bestowed on them. Something that's been um, something you uh, again, something you need, and God's found a way of giving it to you. And so uh, to, to them, that's something that's part of their life on earth.
3: And, and that, why? Why you? What, yeah, that sounds right. And how come they don't have interpersonal, psychological ones from God?
1: I'm not sure how I would answer that because the more religious they are, definitely the more of a um, divine guidance they're getting in their minds. So everything's based on that. So your serendipities and your um, coincidences are, it's, it's all planned. Uh, they must expect it to happen.
3: Yeah, the plans are like events. Um, it's like with jobs and with work. Uh, that's part of the plan. But the plan of their God may not include uh, becoming um, more psychologically aware or more interpersonally uh, focused.
1: Right, they uh, it tends to, you tend to get the answer if it was meant to be. It was it was planned. That's that was God's plan.
3: Yeah, I think I'm getting to see what you mean. Um, I, just, I just, I'm to see what you mean.
1: I'm just just working with some, um, say, strongly religious uh, people that are very involved in the religion. How's that? And I know to them, um, anytime I talk coincidence or any of these sort of things, I get the same general answers of, um, um, I I don't really believe in coincidence, I believe in divine guidance. Um, Things like that, and and the word manifest (laughs) comes up. Uh, It's sort of an all too carefully planned by God scenario. So um, if something does happen, it's, it's God telling them that's the direction they need to go in. So they don't really believe in a coincidence per se, I guess that's how, how we're kind of talking about it now.
3: Yeah. It's not, it's not unexplainable to them when we, when I talk about a coincidences uh, you remember you can't explain the cause right um, the religious people have a cause so it's not a coincidence it's uh, divine guidance yeah right so so what where I go ahead
1: I was just going to say so to them they, they're seeing it as um as something that's happening all the time but there's it's not it's not really a strange or unusual thing it's just it's the divine guidance. It's, it's meant to be. It's just uh, uh, God is telling us this is what we need to be doing or this is the direction we need to go in, and uh, there's nothing weird about it.
3: Right, and by weird, I mean um, there's, n- there's no surprise in how to explain it. Right. It's not weird because God is doing Yes. And therefore it's not a coincidence because we can explain it. And uh, that's thanks, Al because it makes it clearer to me why some religious people will say it's not a coincidence because the definition of coincidence means I can't explain it or I'm having difficulty explaining it. They can't explain it. God did it. Right. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah, there's a it, there's a lot to think about. Um, what is your book connecting with coincidence um, going to give to the reader? Like, what what are, what are they going to get
3: out of it? Uh, they are going to be even clearer about the fact that coincidences occur in all aspects of their lives, including love, romance, family, health ideas, work, money, and spirituality, they're all around us, everywhere, Uh, but whether we choose to notice them or not is what my book is addressing and saying, I think if you pay attention to these things, uh, your life can be improved. And not only can your life be improved, but they help to raise an interesting question for you because... Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. Which means if you look at some coincidences, you're going to find some mysteries that are worth exploring. If if I can't explain something, uh, I can... I'll go to uh, some outside force influence for making a coincidence happen. I'm very interested in being able to separate out those we can't understand explained ones. But I think there are many more that we can explain than we do, so that when people say there are no coincidences um, because God is doing them, I'm saying there's some other mysteries here besides God because we really do not know how God is doing this, and that's a mystery. But I think we can find coincidences like the brother finding the sister that look like they might have an explanation, but an explanation beyond what we currently consider explanations.
1: And, and you said you've had quite a few of uh, coincidences happen to you over your, your life Um Do you find that it happens more often as we get older, or um, there's just no rhyme or reason to it?
3: Well, frequency um, probably does increase as you get older, but I'm not sure of that, because there are other characteristics that make people prone to coincidences. One of them is having a huge one happen to you. I mean, you get slapped in the face with a big coincidence, and you're going to look for more of them. Uh, if you read my book, you're going to see more of them. Just by becoming sensitized to the idea, people tend to see more of them. Uh, one of the things that uh, another thing that people will get from my book is how to use coincidences. The latter part of the book is uh, is about how you, how to use them and how to increase them, as well as how to explain them. So I'll try to stimulate people to to wonder with me. About how coincidences happen as well as how to make them happen and then also how to use them. Some of their uses are worth describing. They help us with decision making. They help us with psychological change and they help us get to places, people and things that we need. Sometimes they confirm decisions that we're, that we're about to make or want to make. And sometimes they're just darn funny. They're just funny. They're interesting and like cartoons of everyday life. It just kind uh, of make make us laugh or, or make us feel something grander than uh, we are, than than just that we're by ourselves uh, on this planet um, with no connections or very few connections to something bigger.
1: Certainly, a fascinating uh, area. We could just go on and on. There's so much to explore. Um, how do people get a hold of you, or if they want to um, pass on some uh, information to you?
3: Great. Thanks for. I have a website coincider dot com c o i n c i d e r coincider dot com. On that website. Um, you can take the weird coincidence survey, and you can contact me um, by in two ways. You can write up a story um, that uh, I may be able to respond to, or you can send an email directly to me. Uh, an email address uh, will be there, you can you'll see it, and it's coinciders with an s coinciders at uh, at gmail there are also, um, I also have a YouTube channel that's called Connecting with Coincidence and a Facebook page also called Connecting with Coincidence and a Psychology Today blog also called Connecting with Coincidence.
1: Well, um, thanks very much for, for, for taking some time and trying to explain some of the uh, uh, aspects of uh, coincidence and uh, synchronicity. Um, I appreciate you uh, taking some time.
3: Uh, well, it's was a pleasure talking with you, Alan. Uh, you helped me think about some things, so thanks for discussing this with me. Great.
2: show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
0: Well, good night. This
1: has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network.
3: I'll be back.